Why am I giving myself donkey today? Because I feel stupid that I am just now realizing that a lot of us men in America have been raised on rape culture. Let me read the definition for you. Uh, rape culture is a sociological concept used to describe a setting in which rape is pervasive and normalized due to society's attitudes about gender and sexuality. Rape culture is perpetuated through the use of misogynistic language and the object objectification of women's bodies and the glamorization of sexual violence. My brothers, if we are being morally honest with ourselves, if you are a certain age like I am, you was born in the late 70s or 80s or hell, older than that, you were absolutely positively raised on rape culture. I don't care if it was Freak Nick, Miami Memorial Weekend, Myrtle Beach Black Biker Weekend. It was never normal to feel like you can grab a woman's ass just because mm -hmm. it's fat and she's got on biker shorts with Daisy Dukes. It was never normal to grab a woman's breast just because, you know, you saw in Dr. Dre's Nothing But A G Thing video when the girl was playing volleyball and they ran up behind her and pulled her bikini top off. If you ever mimicked that kind of behavior, it wasn't normal, okay? If you are in a fraternity and you ever had women come over and you got them high and got them drunk, you know, that whole ain't no fun if the homies can't have none mentality. You and the rest of your frat ran a train on the girl it was rape culture okay movies like uh revenge of the nerds and kids remember those where guys would have sex with passed out women or dress up as other people in order to trick the woman to have sex with them that was rape culture remember porkies remember sneaking up late to watch porkies where they was drilling holes in the wall and peeping at the girls or i got homeboys in college who would be hitting chicks from the back and then another homeboy would come in and start hitting the chick from the back without asking her consent when we would get drunk and high with women and they would get inebriated and then we would sleep with them. I'm sorry, my brothers. All of that was rape culture. Hell, I look at some of the things I used to say to women in interviews here on The Breakfast Club and I'm like, bro, you was wilding. Mm -hmm. So when I see all of these sexual allegations coming out over the past couple of years from Bill Cosby to Harvey Weinstein to Louis C.K., I don't know if it's because I'm older, but I'm looking at them like, why has this type of pervasion been normalized? And I think it's because a lot of brothers don't think they're doing anything wrong because it's been a common theme in our lives for way too long. Now, I don't know if it's because I'm actually listening to women more and not having these discussions about rape culture with guys, because that's what we do as men. We start having conversations about rape culture with each other. That's why we don't learn anything. And it's so normalized to us that we make excuses about why we do what we do or have done what we've done. That that's where the whole victim blaming thing comes into play. And, you know, there's just no excuse. It's not about what the woman wore or what time she was at your house. It's all about accountability. We are in the age of accountability. And if we are being personally accountable and being morally honest, we just have to admit that we were raised on rape culture. This podcast has been brought to you by a four eyed production. And now let's start the show. Wait, what? I just need a refund. I want money back. It is not what I paid for. How much money did you put in? It's priceless because it's my life. <laughs> so, Good trillion dollars. I want it all back. I want it all back. Welcome back to the Culture Shock Podcast. This is episode 31. We black like we never left, per usual. I'm a girl named Tiffany. And I'm Courtney B. What up? What up, T? And I missed you, girl, per usual. When I don't get to see you, like, during the week or we don't do a concert or something together, it bothers me. I know. I feel like we get disconnected, and I don't like it. Me neither. We need to work on that. We do. How was your weekend? I know you have, like, exciting things. I have to too many things. First, I just want to say 
instantly when I saw how your Friday night was going, I was like, I'm so crazy. Like, what's wrong with you, girl? How come you just didn't get your ticket? But it was everything. Like, the posts that I saw from my friends, mm-hmm. every the iconic. It was so good. Like, okay, so if y'all don't know, this Friday, last Friday, I went to see Janet Jackson in concert. <sighs> She and was so beautiful. She is so beautiful. And she's 52 years old. Unbelievable. Okay? And she will give these new girls a run for their money. And Janet be up there singing. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you know she's not Aretha Franklin. We know that. Right. But sister be singing. And it was just like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I've been to a million concerts. Right. It was kind of like the first time I seen Beyonce, but times 10. Because. That's your girl. Yeah. And like. I guess you know I have to put this into context so people will realize like Control came out in 86. Right. I was born in 86. So right. I've been listening to her and watching her Your for my life. entire life. My entire life. Right. I have been watching this lady like totally obsessed with this lady. Yeah. And the part that really got me like emotional was when they did If Mm. And I was just like, I have been, like I have memorized this choreography. Like I've been doing this for 25 years. Wait. Like this song is 25 years <laughs> old. And so if any of y'all follow me on Instagram, which a lot of you probably do, the, that scream that you heard in the background, that was That me. was you. I, that yeah, was I can tell. Screaming. Were you doing the choreo though in your seat? That's what I want to know. Well, after I got home, I watched it like 40 times. Oh my God. And I have so many videos in my phone. I bet you do. From moments that. Like, I just had to get, like, certain things. Like, I had to get the countdown from Rhythm Nation. Mm-hmm. I had to get um, the... And this is another song that has a really good dance breakdown. It doesn't really matter from the Nutty Professor soundtrack. Has a really, really good breakdown. And it was featured on making the video on MTV. You remember when that was the thing? I do. It, oh, God, it was just so good. Janet was so pretty. Like, she was just awesome. The dancers were awesome. She did, like... All the songs I wanted to hear, she took it back. And the one thing that I love about Janet is we all know that Janet is sexy and she does her sexy thing, but Janet has always been political in her message. Right. And so at the opening, she had like all of her visuals were like Black Lives Matter and the immigrant children, well, migrant children, and you know, just, I mean, the state of the world. Right. You know, Janet has always been political. So just to like have her open that way, like yeah, you know I'm Janet, but you gonna get this work. Right. Like don't forget, like it's some shit going on. Right. Um, and that was the name of her tour as well. That's the name the of her tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it was just it just made me remember like why I love Janet. Yeah. And why she's such an inspiration to dancers. Period. If you like to dance, I don't know how you don't like Janet because when I tell you she did not miss like a beat. It's just like she's just. I don't. I can't explain it. It's just like she floats or something. Right. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just like she just kind of like she's ethereal. Yeah, she just floats across the stage, and you know. And then she had. I call it the Beyonce, the Beyonce moment. But I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure people have done this forever. But you know, like when they just stop. Yeah. And they just stand there, and then people just start screaming. Yeah. And then it just gets louder, and they just keep standing. <laughs> so she had one of those moments, and everybody was just going crazy because yep. she was just like standing there. But the thing that amazed me the most about her is like she's never breathing heavy. Like yeah. she's never out of breath. I love that. 
And for her to still be doing these, like when when she performed When I Think of You, she made a comment. She was like, I have recorded this song at 19 years old. And I'm just like, oh my God. It's crazy. <laughs> like, this is crazy. So it was really good. I enjoyed it. I looked up and got some really good seats. When I looked at those seats a few months ago, they were like 300 and something dollars. Mm-hmm. I waited until the Sunday before. They were like well under $200. Awesome. And I was in section two, like at the front. Right. Like I could have threw something up there. It was just awesome. I'm so happy for you. Awesome. It was like a full circle moment because... I have been wanting to see Janet Jackson since I was a kid. Yeah. And I was all set to go to one of her concerts. This was the Velvet Rope Tour. Right. And um, they canceled. It was either in Charlotte or Greenville. I can't remember, but the show got canceled because the sound system went down. So that I was like in the seventh grade. So I've been waiting on this. That's crazy. Was that the last? That wasn't the last time she was on tour, though. Because mm-hmm. my mama just said the other day, she was like, you don't remember you got us tickets to the Janet concert? And like, I was like, no, I don't remember that. Was and the they canceled. canceled. Yeah. But it had to be in like Greensboro or Winston if I got them tickets. I think that was when she did the 20YO. Okay. So that had to be, yeah. That, I don't know what was going on, but it was a whole bunch of mess going on. Because the last tour, Unbreakable, she went on with that and it was fine. And this right. one was fine. But yeah, the one right before that, that she did for 20 years old, well, 20YO, the 20 year reunion of control right um yeah it got canceled and everybody was like oh you can't go no janet concert should she be canceled but janet right janet was the issue and then she does songs like you can tell the true janet fans because when she did what about mm-hmm. i was so hyped really yes because that was one of my favorite performances in the velvet rope tour and if y'all i'm telling you if y'all have not seen the velvet rope tour like that hbo special you have to watch it i know it's a throwback at this moment but that was a show. I thought about you whenever I saw her on Thursday, post a throwback Thursday picture of her mm-hmm. as a kid, and then she tagged Charlotte, North Carolina, and I, that's when I lost it. I was yes. like, oh my God, what was I thinking? And what's so crazy is I have a friend that was working at the hotel that she was at. She was like, Janet is in here. Are you serious? Oh, yeah. Janet is in here. Dang. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> my brother said, you need to go to the hotel room and run up there and throw a black smart prowl shirt and run. <laughs> I was like, uh, no. Just leave it in but, front. Of, just leave it neatly folded in yes. front of the door. But it was awesome, and I would definitely go see Janet again. I'm so glad to hear that you had a good time. And I went by myself. Like I, I knew other people were going, but I got my ticket at the last minute. Like I said, and like I sat by myself. It was me and some couple, mm-hmm. but I didn't care because yeah. I was in my own little world. Because like. Demita Joe is like right here in front of me. Yeah. You know what's crazy? I really wanted to go, and you know, I know nobody wants to sit on the lawn for Janet. Well, I won't say nobody. I don't want to, but I would have just to have been in the environment. So, like at the end of the week, the tickets were like you could get a ticket for like seventeen dollars, mm-hmm. maybe twenty after you pay the fees or whatever. I just felt so guilty, like initially spending money when I have like other stuff that I need to be doing. Um, but, like, in hindsight, I'm like, dang, Tiffany, it, it was $20 to see Janet. Like, yeah, and Janet Jackson. Upgrade. People were upgrading because I know some people that got lawn seats, and mm-hmm. as soon as they got there, they let them upgrade to under the thing for, like, $10 more. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm going to go with my gonna, instincts next time. I wasn't going to go, but first of all, it was my birthday month. Yes. And I was like, Courtney, like, this is your girl. <laughs> Like, you know, Beyonce is my girl. And last time, but the story about last time. Too. Yes. And Are then you last nuts? time I missed, and I was just like, I can't, 
I cannot not go. Like, it's Janet freaking Jackson. Like, everybody who knows me, like, for real, for real, knows how much I love her. Yeah. You know, like, schoolgirl love her. So, I was like, no, I got to go. Even if I don't have nobody to go with, I'm going. Fact. So, I'm glad I went. It was awesome. She was so pretty. <laughs> and I just kept... I just kept like fangirling. I just kept saying, oh my gosh. B so is beside herself so right now, pretty. you guys. Like, she's like, like literally looking in the air while she's talking about Demita. She's so pretty still. Like, oh my gosh. It was just a good show. That's good. I had a good time. And now I'm ready for Beyonce. Yes. Me so, too. We ready. She ready. What did you do this weekend? Nothing. Nothing. No, I watched. I watched. Uh, I finally started watching um, American Horror Story. Oh, so so good. I am hooked. So I watched all of season one. It was so good. Then I watched season two, and it was okay. But I kept. I stayed committed, right? Because I really wanted to see Kathy Bates. And so when mm-hmm. the first episode of season three came on, and Kathy, ba- I was like, Yes, this yes. is what I'm here. Season three and is it's, my favorite season. It's a oh it's my gosh! I don't want to give anything away, but like the fact that it's set in New Orleans and like when I was younger, I had an obsession with different things. You know, like I loved Narnia, I loved witchcraft, um, like stories about Why is it for the exactly <laughs> like all of all of those kinds of stories. And so it's got a little bit of you know like the situation with the Minotaur. That, that freaked she, me out. It's it's pretty scary. Gabourey Sidibe is in that yes. um that season. Yes. So Angela Bassett and, is gonna be yeah, in it. Oh my god, I've already seen her. And let me tell you, whoever did her braids, they put a hurting on that head. I was yes. like, who did her? Her face is perfect. Like, how is she that beautiful? And oh god, I don't want to talk about this for too long, but I have coined this term, and I know that it's not the appropriate term because. What I'm about to say is an actual thing. Like, a smart TV is an actual thing. Yes. But I have these shows that I have in my own little bubble coined smart TV. These are smart TV shows. Yes. And American Horror Story falls into smart TV because it's. I just feel like it's something about good writing where they can leave breadcrumbs in every oh season all God. over. And then you'd be like, oh. I remember, you know, like, and connect When this person everything. did that from, like, season one. Yes. Same. And um, the people who, who created American Horror Story, the same people who did Glee, which mm-hmm. is crazy. But every season has some type of connection to the ones before. Mm-hmm. And it's just so good. And I got, like, my new favorite actors. I have favorite actresses, but I have gotten a new favorite actress from watching American Horror Story and that is Sarah Paulson. Oh yeah. She she's good. She is so talented. Like I don't know what it is about her but I just love her. Right. I just love everything about her. I follow on Instagram and I'm always commenting on her stuff <laughs> like a stalker but I love Sarah Paulson and I feel like in my opinion other than the people that we know going to slay like Kathy, Angela, I feel like in this show i feel like she's been the breakout star for me truly because she's been popping every season that she's been in and they just released the trailers or not the trailers the promo for this upcoming season and it's called anarchy oh yeah yeah so i'm interested to see um what it's about last season was about the election and like the hysteria and cults and all that stuff which was okay but 
to me, hands down, season three and season one have been the best seasons. Now, what did Sarah Paulson play in before American Horror Story? Because I've always, whenever I saw whatever I've seen her in first, I fell in love with like the way that she speaks. Yes. And and there's something, I don't know if it's a lisp or something, the way her teeth are shaped yes. that makes her speak a certain way. Yes. I've always been crazy about that. Just like, I don't know what your boy's uh, real name is, and I'm sorry because I, I actually need to look it up. But he was on the cast of Heroes. Mm-hmm. And in season two, he's the gay boyfriend, the really f- um, flamboyant gay Dark boyfriend. Yes. yes, and he's the villain. No, that, that's in season one. And then in season two... I don't want to give it away for anybody who hasn't girl, watched. Now, if y'all ain't watched American Horror Story by now, they like seven seasons in. You okay. just girl, go ahead. That's fair. So <laughs> y'all then, late. You the, late. the killer from season two, the killer, the rapist, like all of that, him. Oh I'm, yes. Um, I always refer to him as what was his name in the in the first season? Because that's just what he is to me. God, I don't remember. I just remember him the one being who was Silas. Like Columbine. No, although he is so cute. I think he's adorable. No, so I'm talking about the the gay guy from um, and I know we're going along with this, but the gay guy from season one, he was um married to the other guy, and he's the one who wanted to spice the house up with pumpkins and stuff yes, like yes, that, yes, and they yes, wanted the, a baby. The one who was like very extravagant. Exactly. So he played a villain. I don't know if you remember the show Heroes. I don't. Um, the they had like this thing going where it was like save the cheerleader, save the world, mm-hmm. and everybody in there was like finding out that they had special powers. Um, what's the little girl's name from the Friday Night Football movie or Friday Night Lights? She was so cute, Hayden Panettiere. Yeah. So she ended up being the cheerleader, and no matter what you did, like you could, well, it was really hard to kill her because. You could, like, stab her or, you know, she could break bones and she would just regenerate all of a sudden. So there was this mission to, like, continue to keep her safe because there was a villain that was going to try to murder her. So Silas was this villain who, if he killed you, he would get your powers, too. Like, mm-hmm. he was just taking on everybody's powers. So anyway, um, he played the villain in that. Um, and I love the way that he speaks as well. And they both play... In American Horror Story. So it's like really fun for me to watch them on screen together. It's something with like, I don't know. I know what you're talking about, the way she speaks though. Mm -hmm. And it's, it just suits her. But I, um, I really, really like her. And speaking of like watching things. So this past weekend, I watched a um, documentary on Netflix. It's called Obey Giant. Okay. Um, and it's basically about this guy, Shepard Ferry. Um, and he was, um, an artist, a street artist. And if you know, if you've ever seen any Obey gear, you know, it's the Obey and the, with the red background and the white words, but they talked about how, you know, he basically did this guerrilla, um, marketing and just would just take his own street art, put stickers everywhere, put posters up everywhere illegally and all this kind of stuff. But the, the main thing behind, um, uh, this documentary that was well maybe not the main thing but what was most interesting to me was the fact that he is responsible for the iconic I sound so country the iconic <laughs> hope poster for Barack Obama correct and so it just talked about how that came about and how he was in this huge lawsuit about the picture that he used and almost went bankrupt and had a mental breakdown behind it wow it was just crazy um but 
you know, he just seems like a really, really good person. And he did all of that just off the strength of he really was like sick of Bush and he wanted Obama to win. And Obama met with him and sent him a handwritten letter thanking him for making that poster because really and truly that poster is more well-known than anything that the actual campaign put out. Exactly. That is so true. So it was a good documentary. So if you guys have time, time to watch it, I would say watch it. It's good and it's it's just interesting to see. And I, I don't know how to explain it, but just like these happenstance situations that can just Aren't those take the best, you to though? the next level. Aren't those the very best? Just like his entire brand came from. He was working in a um, print shop after he graduated. Now he's He's educated and very, very smart and went to good schools. He's actually from South Carolina. I didn't know that. Okay. And he was working in a print shop and somebody asked him how could he, can you print like pictures, like faces into stickers and shirts? And he was like, okay, I'll show you how to do it. So he just Googled something. I don't know what. And a picture of Andre the Giant came up. So he used that to like show this person how to do it. And they made this whole joke about it, and he made stickers, and then he started putting the stickers up, and it turned into this whole thing with people trying to figure out what was this Andre the Giant posse thing, and he just kept going with it. Wow. And it's just like the luck of the draw. He was like, I didn't plan that. Mm -hmm. It just happened, and he just ran with it. So it was just, I love stories like that. Me too. Just like. Feel good stories. Yeah, so it's a really good documentary, and it kind of got my mind off of all the heavy. Right. (laughs) All the heavy in the world. <laughs> All the heavy that we'll be discussing today? Girl, yes. Okay. Well, let's get to it. Let's get to it, shall we? Yeah. Oh. Word the rocks. That's what she says all the time on Instagram. If you guys want to hear a good Kiki um, YouTube for its rocks, number four. She is hilarious, and I love her. And she always starts her videos with, let's get to it, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> um... All right, so good, bad, and indifferent. We get to give you the information. You decide how you feel about it. We'll give you our opinions. You don't always have to agree with it because we know you got your own. Um, so what happened? So many things happened in the world this week, and we'll try not to go, you know, like we normally do. Let's start with some good stuff. So, okay, Beyonce. First of all, we've already told you guys that Beyonce was going to be on the September cover of Vogue magazine and that she had handpicked the first black photographer um, to be featured or his work to be featured on the cover of Vogue. So, of course, this morning when my phone was locked, but I get that little notification that said Beyonce posted a picture. You got your notifications uh, I, on. I got my notifications <laughs> on for nobody but B. Oh, I think I might have them on for like one other person. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I did not expect to see the beauty that I did when I opened up my phone. And I just, I think I sent you a message this morning that was like, she looks so much like Solange mm-hmm. in that, not the first photo, but like the photo. If you are like reading her article online, and you tap into the photograph. So they have one feature photo. And then the very next photo with her and the flower crown. And she just looks a little gauntly. I don't mean it as a an insult. Not okay. Gauntly is the wrong word. A little gamine in the face. Because mm-hmm. all you get to see is like from the shoulders up. She looks so much like Solange. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen them look that much alike. So beautiful. So, so many things I loved about the article. So many things resonated with me. Although I'm not a mother yet, like, she said so many things that I was like, I, I, 
this is what I'm saying, Beyonce. So what were some of your favorites from the article? Because I know you've read it more than once already. Um, I think the thing that I love most about Beyonce now is is just how open she's being with mm-hmm. everything. And I love the fact that she basically said, you know, my body, like, housed two people. Yeah. And it's not the same, and that's okay. And she addressed that fupa. <laughs> yes, because, I mean, I just think that it's such, which we feel this way. We don't feel like she's fake, but for the people who don't like her or, you know, think she's fake and this, it was just... It's like, now what are you going to say? What can you say? I, I wanted to say that so very badly in one of my posts. like, But instead, I just said, you don't have to be a stand to appreciate this article. But I really wanted to be like, even if you've been a Beyonce hater in the past, if you read this article, like, how could you? And it's so funny because whenever I read it, I read it in Beyonce's voice. And just, just going down, I told you I read the article like three times initially just so I could digest the whole thing. And um, I was like... It, it just felt like like warm pomegranate green tea and honey. <laughs> like, just I could hear her. It was like she was reading it to me, like warm soup, just good to my soul whenever I read it. And I don't really stand for a lot of people, but no, she, she talked about a lot of stuff. Like, she talked about Coachella, about how, you know, she it came to do the uh, Negro National Anthem. Um, she talked about motherhood on the run, uh, too. She talked about her legacy mm-hmm. and um, what else? Something else. Oh, I think. About her son. Yes. That was good. I need to read that part. So she said she had said some things about her daughters and, you know, wanting to be an example, wanting them to um, be authentic, respectful, compassionate, like all of these things. And then she said, and this is a quote. I want the same things for my son. I want him to know that he can be strong and brave, but that he can also be sensitive and kind. I want my son to have a high emotional IQ where he is free to be caring, truthful, and honest. It's everything a woman wants in a man, and yet we don't teach it to our boys. I hope to teach my son to fall, not to fall victim to what the internet says he should be or how he should love. I want to create better representations for him so he is allowed to reach his full potential as a man and to teach him that the real magic he possesses in the world is the power to affirm his own existence. And like I said, that just resonated with me because not something that's uncommon, whether it's here like on our show or like in book club meetings or amongst co-workers and friends and like female family members these are the things that we discuss on a regular basis so to hear or read it in an article from someone else who is also experienced or experienced in motherhood right now is just like I know like it's a a virtual high five almost Mm -hmm. and I love how she you know basically said that she's experienced coming from a broken home basically you know, like after her after her parents' divorce and dealing with that and not to say that it was necessarily broken, that's probably the wrong word, but emotionally, you know, because she sings about it in ring off. And we know that if Matthew was doing this type of stuff now, he's been doing it. Right. You know, so she she's like everybody else, like there was no there she didn't have a blueprint to be in a healthy marriage or a healthy relationship. Right. And with 
time and obviously therapy right <laughs> and basically getting to that point they've come and are now back as one and raising these children to be better than they were in that aspect exactly and i just love that how she talked about you know she's been through heartbreak she's been betrayed and it's just like people feel like celebrities don't go through the same stuff and they i mean to me i feel like they probably go through it worse than we do they're regular people because they have so much money and so much access and you know so many chances for people to Mm -hmm. betray you and to use you and to lie to you and to hurt you absolutely so it was just good for her to be so transparent mm-hmm. and her mom reposted it of course because miss tina stands for her daughters and she was basically saying the same thing like she's so glad that she was able to be this transparent i know beyonce was like this is one of the reasons why i wore very little makeup i took my wigs off like i just she wanted to just be natural she also talked about um breaking generational curses mm-hmm. to your point um you know when she realized that she just came from generations of broken families yeah so. yeah which is which is sad, but it also gives us a chance to do it better. It's, you yeah, know what I mean? It was we, realistic. Because we, and that's one thing that I really don't understand about people is that if you have seen something or you lived through something, why don't you do your best to not put anybody else to that situation? Like, like for so instance, true. men who grew up in homes where the dad was in and out or had kids everywhere and then sometimes they grow up and do the exact same thing right knowing how it feels yeah yeah um and um going back to that the whole like you know the family and and the the men with the um with the high emotional iq i was watching and i can't remember his last name but i think his first name is like dondre or something like that he is the guy that's in Queen Sugar, mm-hmm. the light skinned guy, the one that was dating Charlie. He was in, um, he used to be on, was it Living Single? I can't remember. I think his last name was Williams. Anyway, he was basically saying, you know, you can be, it's a difference between a grown man and a grown male. Right. And he said that, you know, he did a lot of things because of what he saw his father do. Like his, his, his parents were married. Mm hmm. And he was like, you know, he would hear his dad say, you know, I love, you know, I love your mom or, you know, telling her that he loves her. And then in the same birthday, they could be out and he could be like whistling at another woman. Right. So in his mind, he thought, oh, well, it's OK. I can love her, but still do this over here. And so it's important that we stop that and we don't exhibit those behaviors in front of our children, because whether or not you think that they know all that's going on, they can tell when something is not right. And they pick up on that. You know, and then they mirror it. It's funny. This might be a little off like topic. But to your point, like I was thinking about that on the way to work this morning. And I was thinking, man, I really love um, people who are in like committed relationships. And mm-hmm. then they don't really stray, stray from that. First of all, relationships are hard. Relationships of any kind. The relationships with our parents, our siblings, you know, our lovers, whatever that is, like relationships, exactly. Relationships take work. So that's what makes them difficult. But they are also can also be very fulfilling. Right. And I can remember and I know people to this day who still, you know, say this, they will get with like younger people of the same sex and be like, oh, well, you know, I know you got this going on or that going on, but you can still look. Ain't no harm in looking, which Oh, God. For me, I'm like, listen, 
I, as a human being, as a lover of art and people and life, right? I can recognize when someone is beautiful or handsome. But when when I see people or hear people saying that, a lot of times they're talking about it on a different level. And what I love is like when people are together in relationships, um, especially more so like when I see it coming from the males, because women are just a different kind of tender and I'm generalizing here, but we're a different kind of tender than they are. But when I see men who are like, well, no, this is the relationship I decided to be in. Like, this is who I'm committed to. Like, yes, this girl, I have no problem saying that this is a pretty young lady, but I'm not going to be gawking at her and whistling at her and entertaining. Exactly. To look back. Like, I personally think that's unattractive. No matter, like, even if you're doing it to me, you know what I'm saying? And you're not like in a relationship with me, but like you're turning around to gawk at me. That's unattractive to me. If you're in like a committed relationship with somebody who's like holding you down and y'all have a strong bond, like what's what's the point? You know what I'm saying? So I agree with that, that um, ideology in that. What is the point in doing that? Like, those are not behaviors that we should be exhibiting or, you know, patting people on the back for. It's just, in my opinion, wrong. Because, like you said, we all know when somebody look good. We yeah. all know when somebody's attractive. But the respect, mm-hmm. that's the thing. The respect factor. And not just saying, well... This is how I'm a man. This is how we no right or because if some if if you seen if your mom and your dad or your mom and her boyfriend were out and you seen him do that you'd be pissed off exactly but you will in turn do it to me mm-hmm. I don't understand Same. I do not understand but it was a good 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 article. I can't wait to go get my physical copy. Same. I said the same thing. I um, never go pick up um magazines anymore. Because oh. I have a whole thing in my storage. It's just all Beyonce magazines. <laughs> I think the only uh, magazines I Woo! used to go get are, like, the ones that had Barack Obama on the cover. But, like, um, oh, in this, I don't want us to tell the whole thing because I do want people to read it for themselves. But there are so many gems in there. When she's talking about um, how she was 218 pounds whenever she was pregnant with the babies and they had to do an emergency C-section mm-hmm. with the twins. And um, she was swollen from toxemia. And so I can remember. Now, I... Couldn't wait to see the babies, but I could wait to see the babies. I remember people like, oh, well, we hadn't seen these babies, like, blah, blah, blah. And that was getting on my nerves. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not, you know, I'm not Beyonce. But in the article, she talks about how, like, she was on bed rest, then had to have that emergency C-section. Then they were in the NICU for um, a month. Uh, That's why there was no, because it was like a serious situation. Yeah. And she said that she was basically in um, survival mode and the ramifications really didn't hit her until much later. Mm-hmm. So hoping that you guys have an opportunity to go read that. If we didn't give away too much, if we did, oh well. Right. <laughs> uh, and uh, Miss Tina is also on the cover of Vanity Fair, so everybody's getting a little bit of shine this month. Whoop, whoop. Yes, she is. and I read that article, too. Mm-hmm. And she was talking about her love for art and talking about some of the pieces that she had in her um, in her home and just how she always tried to expose Solange and Beyonce to African-American art. That mm-hmm. way they could see strong images. And she feels like that, I mean, you can see that in them it, now. You truly can, especially in, well, in both of in them. Both. But Solange's work is like 
centered around colors and shapes and just deep artistic value. Mm -hmm. So it was good. I liked the article and I thought it was cute how she said that the day before she went to Beyonce's house, I was like, I need some clothes to wear. <laughs> Wait, what? Yes. Like, oh, that's cute. And I mean, like how many of us, our moms was like, let me get them shoes. I need to wear them shoes you got or something. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, so she said she went to Beyonce's house to get some outfits. That's cute. So what she has on in Vanity Fair, she borrowed from Beyonce. Yes. That's so adorable. Yeah, so it was cute. Did you see the story where the um, white lady was in line? And I only say this for the sake of the, the conversation. Um, her name is Thera, and she was in line, and she was getting a bunch of groceries, and then she realized that she didn't have enough money on the card to get her grocery and there was a a black guy that was standing behind her and was like it's okay I got this and he was like all of this and so she wanted to know his name and stuff like that and he introduced himself as Chris but she didn't know that it was ludicrous oh no so I didn't they see did that. they did a whole new story on it and I can't remember I, I don't think it was Monica I think it was Taraji who posted uh reposted the news clip oh, but she sweet. was basically just saying like, see, black men are not something that you need to fear. You know what I'm saying? They are this and they are that. And she was just saying all these positive words. Um, th this is Taraji, not necessarily the lady. But the lady was just overwhelmed. Like, she was truly overwhelmed and grateful. I thought that was so nice of him. Well, good. See, that's why y'all need to stop calling the police on everybody. Right. Because somebody, you might need somebody to help you, okay? And don't nobody want to talk to you because you're scared you're going to call the loan. What? <laughs> Too, you okay nerve. over there? Yeah, because people is just white people be white people in. I mean, stop it. You know what I always say? They have some other shit with them, man. Stop it. Just chill. Like we're not all like gonna get you, okay? We're not all boogeymen. Some of us are millionaires, like Ludacris, that can buy your groceries when you don't have money on your card, okay? Okay. Okay. Um. Let's talk about this. I don't want to. Yes, we have to because I just want to know what you think because I feel like. My, I'm telling you, my intuition and the stuff I feel is never wrong most of the time. Wait, you can't say never and most of <laughs> well, the time. It's, it's the not same wrong standard. a lot. It, it ain't. It ain't wrong all the time. Okay. So, what do you think about this whole debacle with these black pastors going to meet with Donald Trump? No. No. No, I'm not here for it. And I've seen people try to defend no. like their prospective pastors no. for going to visit. And I'm like, yeah, no, there's literally nothing you can say. What was it like a day later he was disrespecting LeBron again online? So And Trevor Noah calling him stupid. Right. Um, Don Lemon. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't Don know why Lemon. I said Trevor. So the thing that I want to address is, and I'm just going to make a long story short, um... So they went, supposedly, um, to discuss criminal justice reform. And basically, from what John Gray said, um, recidivism. Basically, mm -hmm. trying to reduce the rate of people who get out and then offend and go back. Um, and so, the people that were there that are most notable is Paula White, which I used to really like. Until I did, she got on too. this pro-Trump campaign. I really liked Paula White. I was, I used to be crazy about Paula White, especially yeah. in college. Yeah, not, like cra not crazy about her, like... But just, but like, I liked her messages. music. Yeah, she had good um, little quotables. Yeah. You know? And then she just went nuts. So him, Darrell Scott, which is a Trump surrogate that's just bonkers, he's the one who actually made the remark about him being the, the most... Um, pro pro black president today. I, I said, how can you? 
I'm sorry. How can you have a more pro-black president to date when you had a black Black president? president. I just want to cuss, man. And at first, you know, John Gray, and I'm just going to say this. I feel like he got up on his high horse at his church and said, I'm not doing no media because that's not what I went there. If you can't pray for your enemies and you don't have the heart of Christ and I went because the Lord told me to go and I'm not doing no media, da-da-da-da-da. Oh, how quickly that changed because next thing you know, that butt was on CNN trying yeah. to explain himself. Mr. Right. I ain't doing no media. Right. And basically, he got on there and said that he does feel like Donald Trump is div- um, uh, divisive. Is it divisive or divisive? Divisive. Divisive. <laughs> and, you know, all of this, which you said none of that while you were there. Right. And he basically tried to say that he originally said that he didn't want to be in any pictures and all of this and that. And that he was just going there to listen, not to talk. So, my thing is, this is what you're saying you went to do, but I want to know, like, what was the plan? Like, what policies did you discuss? Right. What were the deadlines for these policies? What were the expected outcomes? Like, my thing is, if you want to talk about, you know, the reincarceration rates, that starts in your own community. There are plenty of... um, uh, people getting out of jail or you know being released from prison that need jobs start some something in your own hometown start a car wash start a restaurant something and hire these people you don't mm-hmm. have to go up there and talk talk to them about what right. talk to them about what and one thing that I wanted to mention is people keep talking about this um, criminal justice reform so basically There is a bill, it's called the H.R. 3356 Prison Reform and Redemption Act, okay? This bill was introduced on July 24th, 2017. Ain't nothing else happened with it. So my thing is, what are you meeting for? The bill is already introduced. What are you going up there for? What are you going up there for? They already had, the bill's been sitting there for a year. Some people just want to be in the room when it happens. So, I mean... I'm just trying to figure out. And if you go and Google this, it's on Mm congress.gov. If you Google this, it goes through all of the things that, you know, it amends the federal criminal code to. I mean, it talks about incorporating de-escalation techniques for um, uh, correction officers. Um, It talks about um, their ability to treat heroin and opioid abuse through medication-assisted treatment, establish pilot programs on youth mentorship and service. You know, like, so what were you going to do? You went up there and basically made a fool of yourself. And I've said it on this podcast before. I, you know, I know we joke and say that code switching is our superpower and all of that. But mm-hmm. you can code switch to the point of our detriment. And I feel like John Gray is that type of person. When you think about it, he was a part of the Lakewood Church with Joel Osteen. Everybody know that Joel Osteen will not denounce Trump. He's a Trump supporter. And then, you know, it's just... My thing is just be you all the time. Right. When he came to Elevation Church right after Keith Lamont Scott was killed and you stood up in front of that non-black church and said, first things first, I have to say this in light of everything that's going on, all authority is ordained by God and the whole room erupted. You, I knew then what you were. Right. And this was like two years ago. So when I seen him sitting there, that I didn't was not surprise surprised. you. I was right. not surprised at all. And I do not like pastors who are always so quick to tell women you need to have a wifely mindset and you what are you go, tell these boys what to do because that's what they are tell these men about what to that do this morning because why am I why am I putting myself up on this pedestal as a wife to 
an imaginary husband right. that ain't got a pot to piss in or a window to throw out of. Coming right. to me wanting to be raised and mothered. Worry about yourself. <laughs> like the meme say, worry, worry about, about yourself. You worry. know, that's my that's my good my girl, that baby. Worry about yourself. Worry about yourself, okay? B. Don't listen. Get out of my conversations because that is all I talked about half of the day. Just like with this whole, I do, I just, and I know this is kind of going off the ten, off on a tangent, but I'm sick of all it is. Men trying to tell women how to be women when you can't even handle being a man. Handle, handle y'all first. Correct. Let us handle this. Right. We okay? got this. We got this over here. We've been doing this forever. Mm-hmm. Okay. And doing a pretty good job. Doing a I damn good say, job. Say so myself. So. I don't have no time, and if anybody goes to this church and want to debate me, debate your mama. Move on. <laughs> debate your mama. Um, okay, well, so keeping in line with, with Donald Trump, um, he did say a few disparaging things, nothing that we're not used to about Don Lemon and um, specifically LeBron James, and he indicated that Michael was his favorite. And I got something to say about that, too. Okay, go ahead. What I don't like is it always goes back to Michael Jordan and these damn sneakers. When everybody knows that Michael Jordan does not control the price of these sneakers. Michael Jordan does not not make children or whoever go out here and shoot each other over these shoes. This is us doing it. This is the hype beast doing this. Mm -hmm. It's not Michael Jordan doing that. Right. But nobody complains about the price of Kanye shoes. Nobody but can. You know what? Like I'm, I'm just it drives when, me nuts. But when when he said that, like I don't know that that's necessarily true. I feel like it, even in these conversations, the mission is accomplished, right? So you say something negative about LeBron, which you know Twitter history proves that he said so many positive things about LeBron in the past. It's just that now this Negro is not doing or behaving the way that you you know, want him to. You can't have the kind of control that you feel like you need. And so, of course, I, we talked to not too long ago about how they told LeBron to just shut up and play basketball. And now it's like, okay, well, there's a – in my mind, this is how it goes. Well, there's another Negro I think is better than you anyway. Mm-hmm. And then you get all these people on opposing sides to be arguing over something that's totally irrelevant anyway. And, I mean, they, they turned this whole thing into – and Michael Jordan ain't doing nothing up for us anyway. When it should, I mean, it I shouldn't... even seen NBA players, specifically, I think it was Matt, Matt Barnes, Barnes. Mm-hmm. post something. And, you know, Michael Jordan said, you know, I love everything LeBron is doing for his community. Da, 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 da. And he going to say, see, his community. What are you talking? He put the damn school in Ohio where he's from. That is his community. Right. Michael Jordan lives in North Carolina. Not to say that we're all. But, I mean, you know, he's. It wasn't that deep. It wasn't. It was. And I'm just like, why do you. What is it with people and Michael Jordan? Like, we just discussed on a podcast how he just donated millions to put health clinics here in poor communities. But it's not just Michael Jordan. That's what I'm saying. Like, as far as Donald Trump or anybody else who, like, wants to cause dissension in a community of people, whether it's black or otherwise, all you got to do is something like this. And because we're so used to being pit against one another, it works. Like, there's no reason for us to be discussing it on either end of the... What we should have been discussing was LeBron, the school, and if anything, like, Donald's disparaging comments about LeBron and Don and nothing else. That's it. It went all the way back to, well, Michael ain't doing nothing. Like, 
taking further taking the attention off of LeBron. Exactly. We should just be discussing and the, LeBron and the, point, and, the, and the kids. And and the the fact that we have a freaking jack-o'-lantern in the office. That's it. That's what it's about. And I love what Don Lemon said when um, he tweeted. He said, who's a real dummy? A man who puts kids in classrooms or one who puts kids in cages? And then he put hashtag be best, which is Melania Trump's campaign to end bullying or whatever it is. Yes. And actually, Melania came out in support of LeBron. I saw what I was getting ready to say. Well, it was more so... So, at first, when I read the headline, I was like, really? Melania has something to say. And not saying that she um, didn't say this, but it was more so from her... Um, what do you call it? Her spokeswoman, Stephanie Grisham. So, the quote is... Um, it looks like LeBron James is working to do good things on behalf of our next generation. And just as she always has, the First Lady encourages everyone to have an open dialogue about issues facing children today. That was from Stephanie Grisham saying that Melania was basically, you know, saying positive He's things doing, about yeah. Well, Melania ain't saying that because she can't speak English. Well, that's what... I'm, so that's what Stephanie said. So I right, think that, that's that what, Melania ain't say shit. I was going to say, that's what Melania, Stephanie said, Melania said, but we didn't hear that from Melania. Oh, God. So there's that. But she got a little credit in the media for, you know, standing up against her husband, whether she did or she didn't. Right. So good for her, even though I don't like her because she's still a birther. But it, mm-hmm. at least somebody got enough balls to stand up to him. Exactly. Who is going to stand up to Azalea Banks? Or are we just leaving her to the fester? The chickens that she be beating in the, in the, <laughs> the ghost, the ghost I, the chickens past. always forget <laughs> about the chickens until you bring it back up. So The mother hens. We probably should have talked about this a few minutes ago. But um, Azalea had a lot to say about Beyonce. And I don't think this is the first time that she said something about B. I think in the past she's wanted to work with Beyonce. And Beyonce was basically like, no. Yes. So, um, for these reasons, reasons such as this, exactly. Um, she said a lot, um, but Azalea this week said, like Beyonce loves to push this female empowerment ish, but is always trying to steal from talented, from talented women and outdo them, but she really never does. <laughs> I'm gonna stop right there. That's not true well, who, because who, when who has who your fave, right? When has your fave ever? When have you ever? She basically, she said a lot more, but she went on to say, um, I realized that my ex-dancer, Shanti, choreographed for Beyonce and stole the original choreography uh, Jack made for Count Contessa. I don't know who those people are. Yeah, nobody does by her. Because they're on her head. She said, Beyonce needs to get over... (laughs) B. She said, Beyonce needs to get over herself and just hire me, which is what you want. Um, to do what? Because even though Coachella was cute, it was still more of the same. More of the same what? Because it was totally different from what she normally does. First of all, you mad. First of all, you. First of all, you mad because. You. How do I want to put this? First not, of all, not it's not. Gently. First of all, it's not more of the same. Not everybody wants to be. You know, moving stiffly to house music, chopping up chickens, you know, rapping about stuff that's, 
you know, basically incoherent. Like, Beyonce has been doing this forever. You wanted to work with Beyonce. She did the same thing to Tiana Taylor, trying to say that Tiana stole some choreography yeah. and she had to backtrack. Girl, that. shut the hell Wasn't she up. just crying on Wild and Out not too long ago? Exactly, because somebody called you ugly, but then you want to sit here and discredit somebody who's been doing this for 20-something years. And how was Coachella more of the same? There are even black people in that crowd who didn't know Lift Every Voice and Sing or what it meant to the black community until Beyonce got up there and did it. And granted, yes... We knew there's some of us who, you know, went to churches where you had to sing it every Sunday or went to HBCUs that's, where it became a thing. And that's a, a real because exactly. you don't know nothing about that. So. Read a book, sis. There's that. Okay. I just want people to leave other people alone. Not just Beyonce. I want people to leave other people alone. Especially when you need to be figuring out y'all. You need to be calling Iyala to fix your own life. Nope. Iyala can't even fix her life, though. She cannot I'm like. I'm not gonna keep doing this with you. She cannot. Iyanla, Azalea, therapy for black girls. Fact. Therapy for black girls. You know what? That's Next time I she gotta, says something, somebody just should just tag. Yeah, just tag uh, therapy therapy for black girls in her posts going forward. Because you're so mad, like, and I don't understand why. Like, what big artist does not have choreographers? I mean, Boomcat been around for years. Right. She's choreographer. Everybody. That does not. That's not stealing. What are you talking about? And if I was a choreographer and Beyonce did some of my moves, good honey, right. that means you watching. Right. That means you. I'm, I need to get in touch with your people. You just need to bring me on since so you're gonna be doing my moves. Like, what am I gonna be mad for? Leave Beyonce out of it. Here's the thing: if Oprah is going to more than one on the run show, leave Beyonce alone. If the either. Obama clan has been to more than one on the run show, leave Beyonce alone. She leave can't. alone. Because she's really in love with Beyonce. I think so, too. And I think, like, mentioning her, it's like that in real life. You know, people will associate themselves with you if they think that by tagging your name in a conversation of sorts, whether it's online or in person with other people, can make them relevant, then they will keep your name in their mouths mm-hmm. for as long as it can keep them re- them relevant. And that's what's happening here. Well, bye, girl, because we're not interested. Going back the way you came from, boo. I, I want to talk about this another day, too, but did you read the story about um, Cameron Terrell, the 18-year-old? Yes. We're going to have to really delve into this story, but when I tell you my whole chest was hot, like I could not get myself together for the rest mm-hmm. of the day. He was just infatuated and fascinated with gang culture. Like, nigga, you drove the getaway car. Yes. Excuse my language. Because, I mean, that's what you want to be. You want to act like a nigga. Yep. Like a pure, just piece of ignorant body mass. Mm-hmm. So, nigga, you <laughs> you drove the getaway car. And, but but you was just fat. You didn't know that that was gonna happen. Yes, you did. He drove himself and two other gang members because oh. he wanted to be a, a, a crip. So um, a crip in South LA. Um, so he he's a rich kid. Eighteen yeah. well, eighteen years old. Well off. White boy lives in a two million dollar home. The getaway car was his dad's luxury Mercedes Benz, and he drove to. Drove these other two gang members to a rival uh, gang territory or whatever. And shot Justin Holmes standing outside. Justin is a young black guy or was a young black guy. Of course, Justin lost his life. Everybody went to court. Guess who didn't get in trouble? Not at all. 
Cameron. Not at all. And, and the other two, the other ones are sitting in jail. Yes. And if that didn't make, like, to make matters worse, I should say, I, I finally saw a clip of Cameron talking on camera. Yeah, I was just about to say that. I just, uh, uh yeah, God, only God can God. judge me. Oh my God. I, mean, I was just sitting here like, are only, you serious? Only, only God can judge me. And, uh, I can't remember I what just else he pray said. With his family and- I think, I think he- about them every day. Like, shut up. Like, you're really standing here talking about some, I, I'm praying for your family. Your son didn't deserve to go out like that. Like, what? Yeah, it was, I could, it was if crazy. I could have leaped through the television. Or whatever I was watching it on, and put my hands around his neck, I probably would. I Meanwhile, just, these these little black boys sitting in jail, and y'all all, and you're not gonna tell me y'all all got together and conspired to do this. Yeah, you mean to tell me you didn't know what was going on? Shame, shame on the jurors, shame on everybody along the way who let this happen. Mm-hmm. Because with double jeopardy, that's it. That's it. He's off. Yeah, that's it. I don't know who his daddy had to pay off or what. Anyway. But I just, I'm going to leave that right there. Let's talk, since we're on more angering news, let's talk about something that, that we as black folks love to get hung up on. What's that? Color. Okay. Who light, who dark, who black, who white. Let's talk about that. So, Lance Gross. Oh, okay, okay. Had a baby. It was a couple weeks ago, maybe yeah. two weeks ago. Had a little boy with his wife. And he posted a picture of him on IG and stated, this is what he said, his exact words. Little man's color is coming in nicely. I'm hyped. And people went nuts on him. Why? Specifically black women. But he didn't specifically say like, oh, I'm glad he came out light skin or I'm glad this but or he's, that. the baby is chocolate. That's good. I know this. But everybody went in on him saying, and one thing that particularly stood out to me was somebody said, if he was going to be concerned about whether he was going to be dark skin or not, you shouldn't have got with a with a, with a light skin woman. You should have got with somebody. What are you talking I'm, about? I'm over this story already. What are you talking about? And basically, he later had to like do this whole post and he addressed it and he said, you know, that I posted that because I love myself and I love my color. And he was like, and you know, me and my African-American wife are more than happy with, you know, what God has blessed right. us with. It, I mean, I don't understand where they're getting this but I gathered colorism that, out of it. I gathered that from the statement that you just read. Like, the color is come, this baby's color is coming in nicely. To me, says, ooh, he's getting a little bit darker. I'm he so happy. He put a emoji chocolate bar beside what he said. People, I'm just telling you, this... People get so worked up, but even outside of that, there's no need for us to get worked up over it either because people who don't take the time to, if you're going to take the time to respond, at least know what you're talking about before you say something. So they clearly have way too much time on their hands and need to find some business or a hobby or a project of their own. It was ridiculous because I'm just like, y'all, he's actually excited that his son looks like him. Like, what are y'all talking about? I'm always convinced that either they're ignorant people or like really, really young children who are saying these things. And if you just click on a couple of the profiles, you'll realize there's no need to respond anyway. And it, I would like to think now they say, don't say what you won't do or, you know, you don't know what you'll do until you're in the situation. But I would like to think that if it was me 
and I said something and I know this is what I meant and it clearly wasn't negative at all. I either wouldn't respond Mm -hmm. or I would wait until somebody asked me in an actual interview. Yeah. At which point I would address it fully. That's what I would have. That's what I said when I seen him. Because, I mean, he did this whole. And I was just like, I wouldn't even. That didn't even deserve that. Because clearly you can see what he means. You can see the baby is chocolate. You don't know that. So what are you talking about? I was just like, I'm so over. I'm so over it. I'm so over people just going in now so i can understand if somebody just said something blatantly just disrespectful but nothing that he said was disrespectful right at all people just want to be able to control anything they possibly can get their hands on and you know celebrities are more tangible now than they used to be in the past and so we feel the collective because i don't but we feel like we can tell people what to do or and it's just not it's not it's not about controlling that environment. Let's just let people be great. Let them post pictures of their babies. Like it or keep scrolling. scrolling. <laughs> so. Like I, I just, I, I'm always amazed at the things that I see that people like post directly on somebody's post about themselves or whatever. I'm just like too. the unmitigated gall that you have. Me too. And then you click on their profile and it just be like, you... You just should go home and just lay down <laughs> and reevaluate. Have several seats yeah. and a nap to go with it. Really reevaluate your existence because you ain't got no room to be talking about no or saying nothing to not nah nobody. Exactly. Speaking of people you can't control, um, Colin this oh, week. Lord. Talk to me about Colin a little bit. Because you be knowing all the things. I be, girl, my brain is full of things. I know it is. So, EA Sports um, came under fire for deleting a line wrapped by Colin Kaepernick, I mean, by Big Sean, Sean. Mm-hmm. featuring Colin Kaepernick's name. Um, the song is called Big Bank um, with YG and Big Sean. Is 2 Chainz in it? No. I feel like is 2 Chainz is in it. I think so. But I know definitely YG and Big Sean. Okay. But the line goes, y'all boys all cap. I'm more Colin Kaepernick. Right. And EA Sports just totally, like, bleeped it out like it was a curse word for the game. Right. Um, and, you know, people immediately came out. Big Sean came out and was like, you know, y'all bleeped him out like it was a curse word and he's not a curse. He's a gift and all this kind of stuff. And so after they came under a lot of heat for it and, and received a lot of flack, they released a statement saying, you know, it was a mistake. And no. They, no, they, they're trying to <laughs> no. say that because they don't have the rights to put him in the game. Like his, but why would you? Because he's not playing. They thought that they couldn't use any references to him anywhere, which is a lie. Like you just didn't want his name to be anywhere near it. Correct. Um, but you can't just you can't just do that and edit somebody's original work like that. Did they go back and fix it? Yes, and they're gonna re- they're gonna do an update actually today, which is um, Monday on the sixth. And they're gonna do an update, and it's gonna have that original, that original line in it. You see where they took the character who is supposed to be Colin Kaepernick and, and bleeped him off of the screen. So like, if you want to play with the character who looks like him, it just looks like a a black bar like running across the screen on the game. I take it you hadn't seen that. I'm gonna have to show it to you after you know we're done with the show. But 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 one thing that good that came out of it was because you know so many took this so many took this slight to Kaepernick um you know to heart 
everybody turned it around um, for the good and basically started donating to um, an organization of um, Kaepernick's or that he's working with is called the Gathering for Justice, the mm-hmm. Know Your Rights campaign. And since the 3rd of August, $80,000 has been raised for that Know Your Rights campaign for Colin. That's awesome. Which is what we should do. When they, when they go low, we go high. We go high. Sometimes. Be, sometimes. Because, you know, we can't <laughs> get it together, child, for nothing. So I'll just be like, y'all. Get I don't it know. Together. I mean, sometimes, like, sometimes I, I need to go high, but I just want, want to, you know, Get them at the knee. Yeah. Get them at the knee. You know what I'm saying? Well, sometimes they deserve it. Indeed. You know, I, but we still got to... We can jab, but we got to be able to, you know, get us together and move forward. Like, jab a little bit and then... Keep it moving. Keep it moving. Um, With Colin Kaepernick still, you know, in this whole collusion lawsuit, he's going to win. It's only a matter yeah. of time because they won't stop doing things. Yeah. Like people won't stop doing things to him along the way. At some point, they the courts are gonna throw their hands up and be like, you know what? You're right. Can you imagine how much money they've spent just on the lawyers, like the NFL? Mm-hmm. I can. And and my thing is, unless they're gonna pay somebody off, like when you get up there, what are you gonna do? Perjure yourself, or they have because you know they subpoena everything. So any email, anything that you have said, they're gonna find it. That's right. And I just can't wait until he gets all of what he's due. Me too. That's gonna be a good day. It's what's gonna be a good day is to is to see what's gonna happen with this upcoming season. Oh, the just NFL. To, yeah, just to see how the players are gonna react to everything. Not only that, but the fans as well. Like I know, I, I think we've discussed this on the show before. I, I stopped supporting the NFL a long time ago. Um, but I'm just curious to see, like, along the way, you know, it takes some people a little longer. I'm not even mad at that. Um, but it takes some people a little longer, and I'm interested to see what the numbers look like this year Mm -hmm. or how much they go up on prices for other things because they're not getting as much, you know, revenue, gaining as much revenue as they have in the past. Like, I honestly can't wait to see, like, how we have impacted or are going to impact, um, sales for the NFL. But see, I feel like we impacted them. We impacted them last year. Yeah. But they did. They they did like a spin story. They they spun it around right. and tried to say it was because of the kneeling. That's but okay. that's not what it was. That's not what it was. They can say whatever they want that's to what about it what it is, as long as the money stops coming in. Right. right. Because ultimately, th- this is how this works, right? So say fifty percent. Or sixty percent, which is a huge number, right? P- of the of fans stopped supporting the NFL altogether, right? We didn't buy jerseys, we didn't buy tickets, we didn't do any of those things. We didn't buy. I don't know how the concession thing works, like at the stadiums and stuff like that. But if we just stop supporting in that way in a large number, then eventually over time, you can't afford to pay the players Mm-mm. what you've been paying them. Do you think men are going to continue to put their lives at risk to play a sport that they're not really getting paid for? No, and, and half of them aren't really getting paid what they should. Exactly. Like. There are some men who play in the NFL who don't make as much as people who are working a regular 9 to yeah. 5. So. And taking all of that risk to their bodies and their brains. Mm-hmm. And, and basically risking, like, irreversible damage. Mm-hmm. You know, like... These, these, that's, you know, CTE and Parkinson's and 
all this stuff. You know, you 35 years old and have Parkinson's or early onset dementia. Or like, it's just, right. it's not it's not enough money in the world because you end up spending all your money on a nursing medical home bills. and medical mm-hmm. care. Yeah. Because you won't be able to take care of yourself. Yep, trying to take care of your family. And I promise you that your life and the time that you would have with them is worth more than the dollar amount that you're earning on the field. So, just my take. Um, anything else that you want to talk about before we get into this one complex, not so complex, heavy discussion? Yeah. Um, I just wanted to speak on um, another athlete that are, that's doing great things in the community. Derek Rose has a scholarship program um, that's going to award over $400,000 in tuition money. And the mission is to provide students a path to college that was not previously available to them. Mm-hmm. So... These are the types of things that these guys are doing when everybody tells them to just shut up and play ball. Right. So, shout out to Derrick Rose. He's one of my faves. Like, ultimately, he over time. He was one of my like faves, my too, faves. but when he was on the Bulls, he just he was just let me down. Man. <laughs> just, I'm like, get him out of here. Like, golly, oh, he was such a letdown. Does you know, I think he's adorable, though. I think he's a cutie, but get on out of here. And one other thing I want to mention, too, is do you know who Kevin Dedner is? I do, but the people might not. Okay. So, Kevin Dedner um, is a public health advocate mm-hmm. based in D.C., and he launched... Um, what well, is launching a site called Henry Health, and it's a platform to assist black men with finding mental health resources. And he came up with this idea while he was dealing with depression himself and just, you know, felt like the therapist search was exhausting because while you don't have to be a black person to treat a black person for mental health you need to be aware of the culture and the customs and the things that we experience and sometimes it's hard to find people that can empathize with you um and so the mission of henry health is to improve access to mental health for black men and increase the life expectancy of black men by 10 years within the next 25 years right so um the app is supposed to launch um, in september of this year um in the washington dc metro area so you'll be able to download the app and sign on and then you'll take an assessment after you take that assessment you'll be able to you know entering your um insurance information all that good stuff and then based on you know, what uh, the assessment shows, they set you up with um, teletherapy. Right. So you don't even have to go in the office. It's kind of like the dock in the box thing. It's all That's really going to be convenient telephonic. for a lot of males in particular because it's difficult to get them to go to the doctor. Yes. And so um, I just think that's a good thing because we, we always talk about, like we talked about before, therapy for black girls. So yep. this is an alternative for our black men that need help because I feel like at some point in all of our lives, everybody going to need help. Right. Um, so this is just something that I feel like um, is good information to know, and it will be launching, well, next month. Yeah. So be on the lookout for Henry Health. You know, save it to your phone, do a Google search. Um, that way you'll be up to date if that's something that you feel like will benefit you or someone that you may know. Right. I just really wanted to make sure I got that in there. Thank you for sharing that. You may. I know a lot of our listeners needed to hear it. So what are we about to talk about? <sighs> Rape culture. And consent, and your boy. He ain't my boy. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. He is not my boy. So there's a story that has come out, and I just based on the things that have been being discussed. Um, Charlemagne, who is um, a podcaster, and he's a jock in New York. Um, everybody know he now he's an author. This would be uh, Charlemagne's second book, right? I have no. Okay. Clue. 
I'm don't not quote me be, on that. I'm not trying to be funny, but don't don't quote I me on that. I ain't gonna say that. I'm not gonna say that. So but. there have been some discussions about something that he said on one of his podcasts, and they discussed it on the show. Had his wife or called his wife up on the show um, to uh, affirm what he was saying, and so there's a story that Charlemagne told about how he had um, taken Spanish fly or he put Spanish fly in a drink and he and a young lady who he says consented took it together and they had sexual intercourse with one another and long story short the next day the girl didn't know you know who she, she had to ask him like who I had sex with he said it was just him other people had seen her naked, but, but you it was let just, people watch. Right. Um, but said that she consented. And so there's this big discussion going around about like is drunk sex like consented sex, which is one subject. Um, there's a young lady who is suing or trying to take Charlemagne to court, right? Back to court. Back yes. to court um uh, for rape, um, in in South Carolina. Yes, allegedly. Allegedly. Sorry, <laughs> allegedly. Because I ain't got time for for Power 105 to be coming at me because I ain't got no money. They ain't gonna do so, it. So, a Right. And then, of course, um, the discussion with his wife on the actual show where she was stating that they dated for a year, they didn't have sex, they didn't even kiss for a year, and then the night that they got drunk... Um, they planned They planned to have sex and they got drunk and, and had sex. I don't know anybody who, like, has their first kiss on the same day, especially like in your youth, like kid, you're, you waited a whole year. I could be wrong. I mean, I, I can That's only go on what Angelique. she said. That's the same thing Angelique said. She was like, are you questioning me? Yeah, because you sound stupid. Right. So, so that's what so I was saying. So for a year, you wouldn't kiss him at all. And then on the same day, you had your first kiss and you guys got drunk and had sex. sex. Or not in that order. Got drunk, kissed, and had sex. Yeah. Okay. Makes absolutely no sense. And my thing is... Going back, this is the thing with with behaviors. If this was a one-off thing, then I might be like, eh. But when patterns start coming up, mm-hmm. it, it just makes it that much harder to believe that this is not something that you did. Right. Even when it goes back to the alleged rape of a 15-year-old girl. That I want to highlight from what I have read. Now, this is just solely based on what I've read, the YouTube stuff I have watched. He pled out to a lesser charge mm-hmm. to avoid jail time, to right. giving her alcohol or whatever. First of all, why are you giving a 15-year-old alcohol? That's the first thing. Secondly, they did have a DNA test, but the girl stated, well, if he had on a condom, it ain't going to be no DNA. Mm-hmm. They didn't test on the, these are allegedly the the results I've seen online. They didn't test them for blood, didn't test for blood or saliva, right. just strictly semen. Which if you have on a condom, it's not going to be any semen. Mm-hmm. So the case got throughout, and he pled out to the lesser delinquency of a minor, whatever the charge was, because she was fifteen, and she stated that her mom didn't want to put her through that trial. Okay, so she is. Now, I could see that. Right, I, she, I, I know parents who would do that. She is now taking this to the Supreme Court and wanting them to reop to make South Carolina reopen this rape case. So this is totally different. So that's that. The Spanish fly incident, number one, I don't know anybody that I have ever heard of 
that is a normal person in my life going to buy Spanish fly to put in both of you and somebody else's drink to drink it together. I've right. never they're heard saying, of that. They're saying that Spanish fly is not a drug, but an aphrodisiac. Right. So then why, why was Bill Cosby using it? Anyway, he stated that, and these are his words, so I ain't got to say allegedly, this is what he said. He said that he went to the Spanish store, bought the Spanish fly, put it in both of their drinks. They drank it, and she was incoherent. And his words were kind of like blacked out. But he was still coherent enough and to my, have sex and, uh, and know who came in the room and who watched and all of this. So my thing is... My question is, how was she incoherent, but, but you, you weren't? weren't. Exactly. And he said that one of his cousins was going around saying that he slept with her too, but he didn't. He was like, I know for a fact he didn't. But Charlemagne also said that she was the girl of somebody that is his friend. So And he was mad at me, first of all. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Charlemagne, pre-dermatology, you had to, you, <laughs> you would have had to get somebody drunk or put some Spanish fly because, bruh. Not his wife, according to her. Oh, gosh. Woo. Well, she, she waited a year. She got to, she got to, she know. Got to know. She got to know him. Well, and because, the, brother, <laughs> no. So, I, I feel a way for, just the, in the situation with that young lady, because I, I don't know how I want to phrase this, but, like, it sounds manipulative. Mm-hmm. It sounds like there's more to that story. If the girl had to, or the young lady or woman, I don't know how old they were, but had to ask him several times, like, are you sure? And and I remember him saying something to the effect of, like, you know, she she was basically, like, in a, com- um, a compromising position. Like, you don't know who you slept with. Like, y'all, according you, to you, y'all took the same thing um, consentingly. So, what I'm were confused. you expecting was going to happen? Right, or... If she was out here looking bad, then that means you were out here looking bad unless you believe in the double standard, that the double standard is okay. And then, um, so that's one separate situation. So we've talked about the 15-year-old. We've talked about the Spanish fly situation with the girl who thought she may have been, I guess, if you want to phrase it this way, like gang raped. Right. So, and I know that sounds strong, but you got to call a thing a thing. Like, if that's what happened and, and... she even if she consented with just to sleep with him, which I'm not sure. How could she consent? Right. He but said other his people, words were she was like she was like blacked out. That's what those he are said. his words. Those are his words. Right. So then with with his wife, I think um, he initially asked her like if she felt like that whole situation was like rape culture, and she was apprehensive about answering the question because she feels like rape consent like with with as it pertains to rape and then rape culture are two totally different things Mm -hmm. and so that's why they called her up to be on the show and she said that that's why she was apprehensive about um answering the question because it's two different things it's two different things so was she saying that that what happened between the two of them could be considered a part of rape culture I don't know because she said that she she knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. She said I lifted up my hip so you could take my underwear off, and then we had sex again the next day. So she's basically okay with everything that happened. Let me tell you something. I know people, male and female. Let me just be clear: who have been manipulated into sex with one or more than one person on any given day, and and felt guilty like. Well, it's done now, so I might as well continue to proceed and continue to have sex with the very person 
that manipulated them in the first place. I'm not saying it's right on either end. And yes, I would hope that people will be brave enough to be like, no, this was wrong and I don't want to do this. But I'm just telling you that the psyche is not always, Mm-mm. it doesn't move linear like we want it to. Mm-mm. If if And if you want a like good visual representation of that, watch 13 Reasons Why. Right. Because that's exactly what happened to that girl at the end. Like, it was like it's it's happening right it's happening like Period. what am, what am i gonna do now like you know and everybody says oh i would do x y z but you don't know what what's gonna happen do. in that moment and if you're under the influence you may right. maybe you can't do anything there's a lack of control there you know what i'm saying when you're under the influence you you don't think the same way that you do you know whatever the thing is whether it's spanish fly or just alcohol or you know a specific drug and what does this say about charlemagne that all of these encounters that you're having with these women everybody has to be under the influence of something right um you know i like to operate in definitions and so with regards to rape culture Rape culture is a sociological concept for a setting in which rape is pervasive and normalized due to societal attitudes about gender and sexuality. Behaviors commonly associated with rape culture include victim blaming, slut shaming, sexual objectification, um, denial of widespread rape, refusing to acknowledge the harm caused by some forms of sexual violence or some combination of these, etc. And... I only read that because when he discussed the young lady that we were talking about in the middle scenario where many people saw her, you know, naked. She said, I guess people were coming in and out of the room, but she's the only one that and he said, like, she basically put herself in a bad situation or like, no, you put y'all in a bad situation. Right. And you then allowed it your to, friends to and be family even members worse mm-hmm. situation right well what type of person family like walks in and out of where they're having like i just men are disgusting like i'm just trying to figure out who does that who does that and my thing was i am just astounded about i'm astounded with the fact that his so-called bestie or his really really good friend that backs him up 100% most of the time Amanda Seals and hasn't said a word about it. (laughs) But she'll say stuff like everybody else. Yeah, She hasn't said anything about him and Angela Ryan hasn't said anything. People are... mm, That's interesting. People are really afraid to stand up to those that are closest to them and I'm kind of confused by that because if I care about you and I love you and you love me, I don't want you out here looking bad. Mm -mm. So... And it's also worth saying that it's easier to, I guess, talk about people that you're not close to because then you can just kind of get the facts out there. When you are close to someone, it's easier for me. Like, say you did something. It's easier for me to be like, hey, B, let me talk to you for a minute. Are you serious right now? Right. You need to get, instead of going to the web, whereas... You know, I don't know Jay-Z, you know, on a day-to-day basis, like, personally. So, if he does something, he could have done the exact same thing that you did. But I'm more apt to express my opinions or feelings about him because openly I him. because I don't know him. 
and I can't directly go to him, even if I had access to him, he'd be like, well, what makes you feel like you got the right to talk to me about this issue? You know, you're not my wife or my cousin or my best friend or anything like that, but I could to you. So who knows? Hopefully, since they haven't said anything publicly, they've addressed him directly. And if they if they haven't, we won't know. You know what I'm saying? But that's no. their business. Um, and I was listening to um, Joe Budden on his podcast. And he basically said, you know, like, he wouldn't be surprised, like, because I know, like, they were, like, taking people's videos down, all this kind of stuff. And, you know, he made a really good point. He was like, people have invested a lot of money into Charlemagne mm-hmm. and, and the Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. And all of these people's careers are attached. Are, are attached. That's why I said... His wife, honey, she she cleaned it up real quick. Because that's he's their bread and butter. I mean, I don't know what she does for a living, so I'm sure she brings home money as well. But I'm just saying, she's a, he's yeah, and people tune in to watch him. But there was a a long time where I couldn't watch The Breakfast Club just because like, of Charlamagne. Yeah, just like some of the stuff he was saying, like smelling people's seats when they got up. And oh yeah, just being just creepy. Oh yeah, and I'm just like, oh my, this like that's harassment. Sometimes and you're I, doing that on air, so that's what I'm saying. Like you're doing this type of stuff on air when now, everybody's listening and watching. I have a question for you. Does that is it reminiscent of remember how Bill Cosby used to be on stage and he would make jokes about Spanish fly, but nobody was paying it any attention because they didn't know any better. And so then when you go back to look at the comedy shows or listen or look at the reels or whatever. Um, and you're like, oh, he's been telling us. Do you feel like mm-hmm. that's in the same boat? Like, oh, he's been telling us he's a creep. Yeah. Well, it'd be interesting to see what happens. Um, I, it's funny because I watch the Breakfast Club or listen to the Breakfast Club whenever there's an artist on there that I really want to hear an interview from. But other than that, I really don't um, tune in. And I always wonder, like, how does Angela do it? She's very professional. Because I could, they would drive. I'm not saying I couldn't, but they, she just does a really good job because they would drive me nuts. Yeah, and I love the interview that they had. Um, when Erica Badu came mm-hmm. and Jay Electronica came up there, like he did, like not my not baby gonna, mama. What we not gonna do? Yes, and he meant that he thing meant it too. Yeah. yeah, I love that. So. Just just my spiel. Wanted to know your opinion, how you felt about it. I'm curious to know what our listeners um, think about it because I know it's a pretty complex subject, especially when it comes down to consent. I've gotten into so many arguments with people about consent. Do I personally think, like, drunk sex is, like, coerced? Not always. Like, if you are with your mate, your man, or, you know, you are consenting adults who decide that that's what you're going to do, before you're inebriated, then that's one clear case of it not being that, you know, rape. My thing is, if she can't say yes, she can't say no. Right. So you should just assume that the, the answer, answer is no. Because no. <laughs> she can't say either one. Right. Why would, for me, I always think like, why would you want that? Why would you want to? And you know what? This is other than the whole Trump debacle. Mm-hmm. That's a reason. That's one of the reasons why I can I don't listen to the Steve Harvey Morning Show. Mm-hmm. Um, because 
And I don't even know if the strawberry letters are real or if this is made up stuff, but there there was a topic. I remember that, that came letter up about a girl and her boyfriend, and she got drunk and threw up on herself, got back into her house mm-hmm. where she pays bills and passed out, and her boyfriend had had sex with her while right. she was passed out. With and they mom. said it was fine. He said, "Well, you should number one, you shouldn't be getting that drunk anyway. First of all, I'm a grown ass woman that pays my bills. I can get drunk and come pass out in my house anytime I feel like it if right. that's what I choose to do. That does not give you the right, whether you're my boyfriend or not, to then have sex with me while I'm passed Correct. out. And then he, she said she woke up in vomit. Right. Like didn't even try to clean Help her up or, or clean anything. up or anything. And Steve Harvey sat there and said, well, I mean, we've all done that before. Really? Really? Really, Mr. Pray That's every a morning lot of and people act, think like a lady and all this stuff. Oh, really? A lot of people have said this, and I agree. I, and I think I've said this on the show before where I talked about how, like, years from now, there will be less of this because men are going to know. Like, the, the young boys that are growing up today are going to know, like, hey, I can't, you know, but, like, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, however, 10 years ago, you were in environments where you thought that you could get away with it, even if you knew that it was wrong. And so you'd be hard pressed to find some of your faves um, who haven't abused their power in that way. Some of your favorite males mm-hmm. who haven't abused their power in that way. And I know a lot of people have their fingers crossed praying that there's nothing that ever comes up about them. Yeah. And just to go back to the younger kids, even things that we accepted as kids growing up, you, you can't do you that can't. anymore. Mm-mm. Like, I know of two separate instances where I want to say maybe middle school kids, um, middle school boys, have gotten basically threatened with sexual assault charges for mm-hmm. touching a girl's butt. And, middle you know, school. we were growing up, that's... We thought, oh, it's just what they, you just, that's just what they do. Yeah. But even, people are not having it anymore. I can remember teachers even seeing it and just reprimanding the boys and, or moving them to a different part of the line or whatever. Yeah. I think I might, I, I know I haven't said this on the air before. Um, and I always feel a way about the story because I'm like, okay, what part of that, this person's life made them think that this is okay but you know how it is like i don't know what age you started budding but i and i don't either but i i feel like I maybe fourth grade fourth or fifth grade so i think fourth grade they really started i needed like a training bra or whatever and i remember me and another girl were budding at the same time <laughs> and there was a a boy that i still know he follows me on facebook and everything he probably might it will he might not remember this, um, but he would come by and like grab our nipples and like pinch them real hard Girl. and twist. I'm in middle school. Like, what do you do about that? I mean, I can, and you know, when you're budding, it doesn't feel good. They hurt just because they're growing. I was crying. Do you think a teacher did anything? Of course, I probably in hindsight should have gone home and said something, but. Oh you God. know, by the time you get home, you might just be like, whatever, I don't, I don't want to get in trouble. So if I get this person, if I, I, I'm an overthinker, oh I always God. have been or whatever. But just to know, like, in, in my adult life, like, what made him think that that was okay? And then what about these teachers that were on this hall who saw it happen and made them think that more shouldn't have been done? 
and that you just needed he to move him to a different. Absolutely, but he didn't. And there were adults who saw it. Mm-hmm. So that just speaks to the society that we grow up in or grew up in um, and how it's changed. I, and I hope it changes even more. Me too. Because if I'm telling you, that happens to my niece or if I have a daughter or my best friend, I, listen. Oh, no, no, no. no. I'm me. ready. You don't want to see me because he better be out of here. Right. For at least a good five to ten days. Right. And then I don't want him nowhere near her. And then as it pertains to like certain children like what if the adults in your life whoever they might be are basically with their actions saying this is okay well what does that do for your psyche later on Mm -hmm. or going forward from that moment on like your experiences change how your brain works all the time yeah so then you have to fight to be like okay well no this is not right or you will allow other people to do the same things to you so that's just my spiel that sucks. Indeed. The only thing that I had happen to me, and the person that did this to me, he he's still my friend on Facebook, too. Um, <laughs> I was, like, in the second grade. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was little. And it was me and one of my friends. And we ended up, we were friends, like, all the way up through middle school. Right. And we were, like, you know, just playing or doing whatever. And the next thing I know, we were, like, sitting down, like playing in the sand or just you know what I don't know what we were doing whatever kids do yeah we look up he's just in here like just slinging Wayner all in our faces right. just out so you know we just start freaking out and I'm just like why would you think that, that it was, was okay, okay to come and like just pull your junk out and wave it in people's faces I know grown men who still think that's okay I was just and I always think about that I'm just like that second grade yeah and you was already just ready. Like, you had to have been seeing that. Right. I mean, so I was So, where still, did you get that from? Right. Because I could not even watch no stuff like that. Like, I would either have to get out or I have to cover my eyes if they knew something bad was about to happen. Mm-hmm. But you just all porn hub in a second grade. <laughs> like, sir. But oh, my God. Away. And it was uncircumcised. Oh, my God. It was so ugly. <laughs> Ew. Uh, TMI. I know that's TMI, but it was... Could you imagine in, in the second grade, you had, I'd never seen one. Right. And then you see that. I was traumatized. I mean, we just took off running, like, screaming, like, we seen, like, <laughs> something from our nightmares or something. We, you had. Yeah, we didn't know. I was just like, oh, my gosh. Right. Like, what is going on here? Right. Because, I mean, I had a brother, but he's way older than me, so clearly I've never seen anything like that. Right. Oh, my God. But he thought it was okay because he probably watched stuff or... Walked in and seen somebody doing, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. and there we were. Second Unwilling graders. victims. Indeed. <laughs> as as I gather, um, somebody in one of these stories dealing with Charlemagne probably was. Was what? An unwilling victim. Yeah. Who had no control over, you know, what was going on. In Allegedly. Right. Anywho, there's that. That was a little heavy, but really important to discuss. Um, hopefully the women listening to our podcasts know or our podcast I hope that they know that um, consent is whatever you need for it to be it's your yes and it doesn't matter like if you've had a drink no really does me no I hope that the men who listen to our podcast know the same that you also have control over your bodies you don't have to do something just because 
you know, somebody is interested in having sex with you and it's not, um, you don't have control over anybody else's body either. So it's not yours for the taking. Right. I've, I've heard a lot of men actually describe it that way, taking something. And I can remember being like really young thinking, yeah, that's, that's not a good way to describe it. Shouldn't it be something that people share? Shouldn't it be something that I'm willing to share with you? Well, that's what Charlamagne said. He said, I took that. It, with regards to what, his wife? No, the Spanish. Oh, the Spanish no, yeah, father. His, yeah, his wife. His he wife. said, we both got drunk and then I took that. Hmm. That's interesting. It's an inter- interesting way to phrase it. But then on the back end, it was like, oh, no, we were both. But that's not what you said on the podcast. Right. You said, I took, we, I got, she made me wait all year, I got drunk, we got drunk, then I took that. Yeah. So what does that mean? I know I know people who have tried it. Oh, yeah, they try. Yeah. They try. That's why you always got to have good friends. That's right. My, um, it's funny because long before I had, like, you know, turned 21 or whatever, I, I can remember my mom being, and I... In my mind, I'm thinking, well, I don't really put my juice down or my soda down, but okay. But she will always say, like, don't, if you put your drink down to walk away and go to the bathroom, it's a wrap. Like, yep. don't drink your drink. Um, I have one really good friend. Her mom always says, like, even in our adult life, go in twos. Yeah. And that's important. Like, it's cool to be able to go certain places by yourself. Like, that's great. Like, being able to be a loner. That that's good. It's healthy or whatever. But in certain environments, just go in twos, man. Yeah. So that also speaks to one of the um, episodes from um, American Horror Story from season three, the first episode. Mm-hmm. Going in twos and then keeping up with your partner yeah. um, is very important. So, well, thank you for sharing your opinion. We'll have to see how the story unfolds. Yeah, see. I won't be surprised if it just dissipates yeah mm-hmm. same um so b yes. what brought you joy this week besides my loving face girl janet <laughs> that's it i ain't got okay. nothing to say oh other than on saturday i was actually um me and a couple of my friends and my and family we um attended a, a birthday party um so someone from um, our hometown turned 60 had a 60th birthday party mm-hmm. and we were like the model girls now, that was fun. Yes. That sounds like fun. Yeah, we had a good time, girl. We did electric slide, get, a bike, a y'all shovel. Y'all get any tips? Yeah, we did. We actually got tips. Oh, cute. And we split it. I got $11. <laughs> cute. So, it was fun. So, that, that brought me joy. What about you? Um, I guess just like the self-care that I've been trying to get over this past week. You know, I've been really busy. This is like a really busy season for me. And it's less of like something that made me laugh or something that had me overjoyed but just being able to relax and go put some gas in my car and go running and watching catching up on television which I don't really get to watch like that bought me some satisfaction good for you I needed to rev up for my autumn because you know autumn is my creative season where Mm -hmm. I'm like on the money I'm on point in September October most of November, like the, through the year, through the end of the year, like September through the end of the year, like that's my time. So I usually slack off during the summer. Really? Well, yeah. I don't know why. As in, like these last few months. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but summer's almost over. Thank the Lord, it's hot. It is. And I'm ready to wear boots. I got this pair of boots that I bought 
at the beginning of the summer, knowing that it you can't wear them. But I'm like, when it get cold, boots and pants. Boots and pants. Boots and pants. Mm-hmm. I got some cute boots. And I don't care if it is at the label. And they white. I don't care. You went, do what you want to do. They went white. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, if you see, y'all see what these boots on, I, say something. Went white. Say something to your mama. Because um, them boots is cute. They look like some prince will wear. Oh, they don't so do cute. that. I have to show them to you, girl. Is there anything you don't want the people to forget? Yes. I don't want you to forget. Okay, so let me just talk about this. So, we are... Actually, in the 53rd anniversary of the Voting Rights Act of 1965, Mm -hmm. which was signed into law by Lyndon B. Johnson, which him and I share the same birthday. Mm -hmm. Fun fact. Um, And this um, uh, act basically aimed to overcome legal barriers at the state and local levels that prevented African-Americans from exercising their right to vote, which was guaranteed under the 15th Amendment of the Constitution. So, with that said... Our beloved Michelle Obama has put together a campaign called When We All Vote to help drive voter registration for the upcoming midterm election. Right. So just to give you guys a, kind of like a lens to view this through, there will be 4 million 18-year-olds that will be new voters by midterm election. Yep. So we really need all of them to vote. <laughs> and so they're doing... Um, what's called when we all vote action week and it's going to be saturday september the 22nd through saturday september the 29th and michelle obama is going to be touring around the country she's asking for volunteers to host voter registration events in various cities that are having midterm um big midterm elections that are really going to make a difference so if you want to be active help get people registered to vote go to um when we all vote.com and get yourself together Love it. So, yeah. That's pretty much it. Hey, you know what? I'm probably going to end up talking about um, after it happens, but I'm really looking forward to it. I know it's going to give me some joy. What? So, Pride Week is coming up in Charlotte. Okay. And um, so, it's, well, it's the 18th and the 19th, really. Mm-hmm. And so, Big Frida is coming. Yes. And on the 18th, I just want y'all to know, I'm going to be so obnoxious I'm going to. I know I I hope that like you know all of my friends that are going can get together and we can kind of hang out grab something to eat right before we go because when I tell you I want to be at the front I need to get me some sneakers and everything yeah, I, and yeah. I probably said this before but like some really comfortable sneakers because I'm gonna be on it <laughs> you hear me y'all are gonna see me in rare form Big Frida is coming to Charlotte North Carolina and I cannot wait and then the following day um we're going to be marching in the pride parade so i'm also looking forward to that participated last year invited my sister some friends her friends some co-workers like we just had a great time so the 18th and 19th um if you're looking for things to do in charlotte to celebrate pride you don't have to be um a part of the LGBTQ. I didn't realize that was probably that week. Yes, community. Um, in order to participate, but they do have a calendar of events. If you just want to Google Charlotte Pride 2018, you can find lots of great things to do. Bloop. Excited. Um. With that being said, what's your good word for the good people? Because they are good. Some of them. 
Yeah, the ones who don't uh, share and subscribe is not good people. <laughs> now, uh, She's listen. out here judging y'all. So if you haven't subscribed to either iTunes or at least our SoundCloud link, you know. Right. Or followed us or sent somebody to our page. Hit us up, man. Something like that. And uh, we need um we need y'all to do better, okay? Because we we trying to we trying to do a thing here. <laughs> and we need the support, okay? Do better. That's a song. <laughs> What's the what? Uh, do better. Is it? I'm supreme. It's it's good. I'll let you. Okay. Um, basically, there's so many things that I would like to say. Um, but I guess I just have to pick one thing. Okay. And it's actually something that I had said a long time ago, and it just it just came back up via my uh, memories on Facebook. But basically, um, just stop forcing yourself onto other people's blessings, okay? Hmm. Sometimes there are things that we think we want, some things that we think are meant for us, people that we think are meant for us, situations, jobs, whatever it may be, we think that it's meant for us and we do everything to try to make this thing work when really we're just holding up somebody else's blessing and ours as well yeah so just stop forcing stuff that that's not meant for you don't block your blessings and don't prevent other people from getting theirs by forcing yourself into something that was not meant to work i really like that it's extremely important bless you if you let it if you let it (laughs) (laughs) what about you what's your good word you know i've had this conversation with people um, over the last few days, actually like last four or five days, and you mentioned something earlier in the show, and you said, what was the plan? Um, and so these conversations have been centered around like having a plan, and I was talking to one of my coworkers who said, who was discussing um, how she's required of her son to have a plan. He's about 17 years old. She's been talking to him for the last year heavily about what the plan is whenever he you know, graduates from high school. She's like, you know, you need to get these applications. You need to contact these people. And I was just discussing with her how I feel like a lot of people are coddled. I try to find the middle ground with it uh, because I can remember growing up thinking, man, I need a little more help. Like, Mm -hmm. help me, you know. But then I had a tough mom. Mm -hmm. So I can remember being like six, seven years old and I needed a doctor's appointment, a dentist appointment or to do something. And my mom was like, well, you better go get the phone book. You better push the thing up to the uh, counter and grab the phone book and find the number and dial the number and make you an appointment. And just being like young, like doing Mm -hmm. things for myself, maybe under some supervision, but like without assistance Um, and just being made to learn how to gather a plan early on and how much that benefits people in the long run instead of always having someone do things for you Mm -hmm. now it can be a handicap too right because in my adult life I have had trouble asking for help or trusting that people would do for me what they said they were going to do um I feel let down early on if people aren't doing what I feel is necessary so that's a whole nother ball game but it's still important to like have a plan and then know how to execute and then learn how to reach out to the parties that you need to make your dreams or your necessities come to fruition. Right. Because a, 
a dream or a goal without a plan is just a wish. That's right. You've got to have a plan. Right. And there's nothing wrong with wishing, but we have to get it past that stage. Yeah. So that's my good word. Just um, have a plan. And it's okay if you don't have one today, but make up one. Yeah. And it's okay if it doesn't work out exactly the way that you planned for it to. People, you will meet people along the way that can help you if they know that's what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have a plan, then nobody can find out you're trying to get from point A to point B. Right. And even if you have a plan and it doesn't work out, start over. Exactly. And then you'll know what not to do the next time. The plan will just get better until it works. Right. And your journey can be a testament to someone else. While you guys won't have the same journey, you might be able to help someone else along the way, just like the help that you're looking for. Exactly. So that's my good word for the good people. It'll bless you if you let it. <laughs> and the church said, hey, man. Hey, man. <laughs> So, anything else? No. All right. No, girl. I ain't got nothing else to say. I appreciate you being here today, and we appreciate you guys being here today. Yes, we do. We will link up with you guys next week. I hope that uh, you will bring a friend along to listen. Yes. Until next time, I'm a girl named Tiffany. And I'm Courtney B. And we out. We out. <laughs>